Have you ever dreamed about starting your own food business? What do you need to do to scale that up and do it successfully? Stay tuned as we go deeper into this subject on the Zista podcast. Welcome to the Zista podcast, where we invite industry professionals, thought leaders and academicians to answer questions that students have. In today's episode, we're going to be focusing on how do you successfully grow and launch a food startup. And uh, the special focus here is on the QSR side of things, which is quick service restaurants. Joining us today is Biraja Raut, the founder of Biggie's Burger. Biggie's Burger started with a very small kiosk, and today it's present across multiple cities in India and even looking to expand internationally. Thank you for joining us today, Biraja. We're delighted to have you here today. It's my pleasure. Um, thanks for the uh, thanks for inviting me. Looking forward to having a great discussion with you. Fantastic. So I thought I'd ask you, um, what inspired you to start your own burger chain in India? So primarily, um, the the whole story goes back to 2011. So I, I come from Odisha, uh, Eastern India state, where burger at that point of time was not a very popular uh, culture. So typically, um, I treat burger as a product to be a sign of globalization. So you see a lot of small cities saying that when Magda is coming, or else let's say we'll not find a McDonald's in Afghanistan today. So burger as a product, uh, I somehow relate to uh, the financial position of a state or a territory or a demographic. So at that point of time, definitely uh, India is divided into north, west, south, and east. And uh, every brand when it enters, they have a priority of so cities, they go to tier 1 city, then tier 2, then tier 3, like that. So, now, fortunately or unfortunately, uh, back then, in, when I was in 21 at Odisha, 2011, uh, I did not have the opportunity to access the product called Pogo. And when I joined in um, uh, Infosys, that's my first IT job in Bangalore, uh, I get to interview about this amazing product. And I see the traction around it, um, uh, any, any office party, any outing, we are going to McDonald's, Pizza Hut, or KFC. So I see that, like, uh, as a product, there is a great traction around it. Um, these are 50, 60 year old brand, globally present at 30,000, 40,000 restaurants, 40,000 places. Uh, countries take pride to have this type of brands. Uh, why not, uh, as an Indian concept, uh, as an Indian brand, and anywhere we are consuming burgers, pizzas, and fried chicken? Why not? Uh, we have an Indian uh, brand, um, which is an in-house concept. So, uh, primarily back then, with the, the vision was not that I'll be opening under 200 or 1,000 restaurants uh, the way we're doing today. At that point of time, it was only a conviction that uh, I wanted to have a, a uh, burger chain which justifies the authenticity of burger with an Indian blend. Okay. With that vision, I started the concept. Every day, uh, the challenge was survival back then. And as we have survived well, today I'm, I'm forcing to to be a prominent player in the country. Awesome. And I would say you've not only survived, you've actually thrived. You know, I was reading this post made by uh, your company on LinkedIn and it was really amazing to see that from, say, a very humble beginning, the kind of, uh, you know, SKUs that are moving out from Biggie's Burgers today is really amazing. So that is a neat uh, feet, you know, and uh, I like the fact that, you know, there's something that I can relate to where you said that if there's something, 
you know, when you go to a place and you see uh, a McDonald's or you see a KFC, you feel like, oh, okay, you see this uh, this burger chain here as well. So fantastic. You know, when you see familiar brands in a smaller place, it brings that sense of comfort. And for you to create your own brand, uh, you know, that's really a, a good move, I would say. Thank you. Thank you, Amit, for that. Uh, and yeah, I think I think we have come a long way. I remember the first day when uh, we would have sold 20 plus burgers. Right. Uh, with uh, so much of struggle, people asking, what is this? What is that? But today, uh, we, we are selling lakhs of burgers. Um, uh, so, 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 conviction has happened. People have trusted. There was the demand. Uh, there was a requirement. And um, I think we have rightly fit into it. That's nice to hear. So, that actually brings me to my next question, you know. How did you manage to scale your business? You know, you started with a small kiosk and today you are a hundred plus crore venture. So how did you manage to do that? See, what happens is uh, when you are not from the industry or the FMB industry, right. but everything that you do is uh, uh, an unique thing. Everything is new to you. So you do the things in your way. So for me, uh, back in 2011, uh, when I started, as I was into IT and I had some awareness of standardization. So for me, I was not treating this business as an offender business, rather as a standardized uh, food operator sort of thing. So for me, more priority was not making money out of the system, rather uh, making it a brand. So I was behind the uh, conviction of making Piggy's Burger a brand, rather uh, uh, rather selling, uh, so typically if I had to focus on uh, PNL reconciliations or operational challenges at the back end and making it a brand, my focus. And uh, like me, I believe there are uh, thousand crores of people who are looking forward to start their food entrepreneur journey. And that is how Maddy Subway, uh, Starbucks or KFC, everyone is franchising throughout the world. So, so. I always wanted to take a food franchise. I started my food venture. So I had a journey and I had a transition from a working uh, IT employee to uh, start something on your own and um, see that aspiration to create a brand. So like me, I believe there are a lot, lot of people who are looking forward to start their food entrepreneurship. Where franchising came into picture and I thought to expand this concept through franchising network where more and more people are associated with us. And we created a bigger network of food entrepreneurs whose common goal is to make biggest burger a big success in the country. So, uh, being very honest, franchising also was not very clear to me. Uh, one fine day, I was at the store and uh, someone comes and asks me, Hey, Viraz, where did you take the franchise? Then this franchising thing comes to my mind. And then I start scaling the brand uh, from a small kiosk. Uh, initially, so, so initially the plan was to open kiosks alone. But sure. as a customer conviction increased, we had to increase our product and we now we have 2,000 square feet of stores as well. So so probably uh, um, uh, when we build the concept, if you have a vision of making a standardized concept, by default people approach you for franchising and your replication of the model becomes easy because backend is standardized. So I, I think that helped me to uh, scale. So let's say in, in our stores, we do not have a kitchen. We call it an assembly unit. Right. Not, not every product is made by the people and it doesn't change as per the person who is making. So everything is standardized. They have to just assemble and serve. So 
making the model uh, light opaque and light capex has helped me uh, to scale at this point of time is what i believe so some good points here uh, explore franchising as an option keep your cost in control focus on quality focus on consistency and really focus on building the brand so to build the brand did you also look at you know doing some activations uh, you know on social media uh to get people to start talking about your brand what did you do on that front uh, i'll take the flow a little back uh, where you told franchising so i think franchising is a bundle it's a capsulated thing uh, franchising is a combination of brand value is, is a combination of, of customer awareness is a combination of uh, uh, your sops standardization and product and a lot of things so first i believe we have to have a consistent process in place uh, we have to have a set target of consumer we have to fix which consumer business we are targeting and according to the rest we follow and at the end of the day if your model is light and replicable then franchising plays a vital role uh because the moment you give a franchise your franchise may not be from food background they can be from so you are converting a non fmb background person to to be an fmb operator right what transition there should not be so much a fatigue that the whole system suffers So for him, it it should be like operating a retail store. It should not be a real pain of operating a food store. Okay. So, uh, I I believe as I was from IT background, I did not have the understanding of how to run a restaurant, how to manage people. I was compelled and forced to follow those processes, which made the concept a franchisable concept. So you have to live the life of a franchise before you become a franchiser. and uh, that is what i believe uh, has been one of our core strength uh, when we started rolling out franchises uh, the replication of the model the ideas of the model has not diluted a lot okay so to keep your taste consistent do you have like a centralized kitchen uh, which actually prepares all the food and ships it out to all the different outlets so probably a uh, central kitchen works for a model where every day cooking is happening right Even if let's say a biryani brand or something where every day you are cooking and those things are happening, but for a modern like us, uh, any QSR uh, in that sure sure MACD, we operate from processing unit to warehouse to store models. Okay, these are processed in in large scale industries where atmosphere hygiene and safety is taken care of. Right. Uh, Without adding any preservative at all, permissible under the conditions of FSSI. we produce the raw material and then we channelize them through temperature controlled vehicles so that's the model that we follow at this point of time okay you know coming from a background which was not fnb you know as you mentioned you came from an it background there were so many different elements that you had to learn afresh did at any point of time did you think uh, what am i getting into maybe i've taken on more than i can manage can you explain can you Uh, relate some experiences where you may have reached that point but still went on see what happens so uh, if i would have t- like uh, from day one the conviction was to build a brand uh, as i have been repeating that uh, again and again so right. tap uh, biraza let's say my name is biraza a lot of people they relate biraza on the beginning so what happens by default the statement of uh, affection towards the baby that is born is always there and you cannot disown it at time whether uh, it has been painful journey or whatsoever it is so yes there has been good amount of lengthy period of time where every day it was a stressful journey because of not having the right finance not having the right and support 
not able to control the uh, finance flow, not able to pay vendors on time. So I, I believe in itself, five, six years, every single morning uh, has been a tough morning. But the only conviction that my name was attached to the brand. So the price statement of the brand was equal to the price statement of me. So that was the only, and the customer appreciation. So whatsoever you do, if your customers are appreciating, at the end of the day, okay, fine, you are doing something different. Uh, why don't you open another store? If those are the checks that you get for the life. And you never want to lose out on those things. So yes, uh, initial days, uh, as, as a middle class family has always been a uh, tough thing where I do not have the experience of FNB, a new state, new language, new territory, new competition, new market. But uh, along with that, you get to learn a lot of things out of all these resistances and roadblocks, uh, which makes your uh, code uh, to be more strengthened. So I feel, I absolutely feel lucky to have gone through that tough journey, not an easy journey. Had it been an easy journey today, uh, the conviction or the clarity that uh, um, I believe I do have on FNB and QSR would not have happened. So I I wish uh, uh, more and more people go through that type of tough journey and um, get get luckier like me. And it's really amazing to hear you say what you're saying, Biraja, because um, you know you really just went ahead with a very strong conviction and never let anything get in your way. And I think what you have achieved so far is remarkable. You know, and I think a large part of that can be attributed to your, you know, never say die or don't don't quit attitude. So there's a lot that students can learn from that. That so so we we carry a tagline called be brave, be picky. Okay. <laughs> so it's our slogan for my corporate team where we we every Monday we shout with a slogan called be brave, be picky, which gives that uh, rebellion attitude to our team. Uh, so so when I started biggest, a lot of people they told, why are you competing with a lot of big giants over there in the market? As an Indian, you should make dosa, biryani, or roll or something like that. You sure. make that. Why are you competing that? But the conviction of the product was so high, so strong, that uh, I thought that no, as we have taken already dipped into it, let's swing through. And uh, as you rightly told, never uh, said I attitude. That, that has been one core strength to, to right. the uh, which has motivated the, uh, the, the company as right let me ask you something which is more um, F&B uh, centric um, so when you started you would have probably had fewer SKUs and as you started expanding you started launching maybe new burgers so how did you make those decisions you know could you tell us a little bit about that See, uh, for the longest nine years, 2011 till 20, I did not have a self in my company. Uh, everything was uh, depending on the perception that I was carrying because uh, I wanted to build a brand um, uh, so true and so original from a customer point of view sure. that it is not by uh, greater brands who are into everything. So, uh, when I started, the first product was called something called Beamer. So, just wait. And has a hook product. Now, let's say KFC Hugo, there is a jingle. Right. Uh, that is a hopo. So, uh, why it ends with ER? Because burger ends with ER. So, right. I had come up with a product which was ending with ER and it relates to our product. So, beam is something uh, which holds the whole construction, uh, beam and pillar. Very similarly, I felt a patty which holds the burger. Why not I call it a beam? Sure. So we 
probably India's first baked grilled burger. Without adding any extra oil, we used to take the fat of the meat and cook the patty. Sure. Then we were serving some burger. So sure. We first SKU that was there in my menu, and uh, we had a single burger, double burger, triple burger. That's the that's the whole set of burger that I had for two years. Uh, but gradually, what has happened is when we focused on grilled burger, we got a customer segment who was little niche, little premium, who wanted wings along with it, who wanted some drinks along with it, and to operate from a kiosk and giving a grilled burger which is one ninety nine or one fifty nine was not suiting the uh, benchmark. Sure. So then we took a call. Okay, fine. Now it's time that we shift our kiosk to a physical unit where people can at least sit and have the burger. Right, and I believe so. As a uh, uh, customer asked French fries initially, I did not have a French fries in the menu. It was purely burger and a Pepsi. Uh, then we added milkshakes. So uh, the whole journey has been through the specs of a customer, what they were expecting from biggest burger. Accordingly, we had launched. But yeah, keeping the USP of the brand, which was uh, more focused on grilled burger. So in India, you do not find a lot of players who are doing grilled burger. Uh, KFC, Matt D, Burger King, uh, everyone is playing around side burger, and I strongly feel side burger are uh, uh, are unhealthier than grilled burger. And grilled burger is a combination of fat, uh, protein, meat, uh, carbohydrate, and vegetable. Sure. So, so, so my conviction was to build a brand which which justifies the product, which doesn't dis- deteriorate the product, as well as differentiates from the common palate. And uh, keeping grilled in mind, what are the customers we're looking at? We have adopted them in the in the menu as well. Okay, so largely what you're saying is it's the customer <laughs> feedback uh, that has driven uh, your your product, uh, you know, expansion, your menu expansion. And I think in that sense, you've been really attuned to what your customers wanted. So, did you expand your menu in one outlet and then start scaling the number of outlets? Or uh, was the journey a little different? So primarily, uh, I believe we have always tried to maintain an uniformity at outlets. Right. So wherever there is a menu launch, it happens uh, over a period of time, over three months of time across the country. Okay. So from Punjab to Senegal to Gujarat to Madurai, all the four parts of the country. So we take a uh, we take a conscious call of launching the menu at one territory. Understanding what are the what are the problems or concerns logistically or operationally or customer-wise are coming up, and then we so it's it's a batch-wise menu launch that we do always. It, it is never a flat menu launch that can be done on one day. All the stores at a go. No, it makes sense actually. It's more like a small pilot project. You're seeing what's working, what isn't, whether anything needs to be adjusted, get it right, and then scale. So that that's a, a really interesting approach. Okay, so um, it it really takes time for a business venture that started from scratch to become profitable. You know, when you're scaling up, and I wanted to ask you, what advice would you give young entrepreneurs out there who are looking to create their own brand uh, five years down the line? See, I believe well, we need to just for the flow of getting into FNB. If you are entering, then FNB is is no. Less competent today, it is one of the most competent industry as of today, and it need uh, it needs uh, the right brain. It doesn't need uh, 
uh, a gimmick to be played around that you are giving a large size thing or a nice packaging and uh, only that will justify the whole concept. That is as per my perception. So uh, my perception says very strongly that um, uh, F&B industry has to be has been one of the most serious industry today. Chances of survival are very thin, but people who are uh, who are adhering to the basics of uh, fundamentals of the concept where a customer product standardization and uh, doing the right thing in the F&B industry has been adhered, uh, they are surviving. So patience uh, is something a uh, good amount of market research, right? And finding out the right fit. India is India is huge. India has. Uh, a uh, lot of demographs, India have a lot of behavior. It changes, the food habit changes in 200 kilometers. So you have to rightly understand what is the future forecast of or the public's demand, uh, what is missing in the whole industry. Uh, and it is not about only a food, um, a food quality today. It is about the ambience. It is about the brand building activity. It is about the aesthetic. It is about... Uh, the technology adoption that you do to make your people aware about your brand. Uh, it, it is, I, I think FNB has been uh, more beyond uh, food and beverages only. Uh, to, to make a successful FNB uh, venture, I believe the right food or consistent food plays 20% of the part. Rest 80% of the part plays um, in your uh, whole articulation skill set of your business. That's well answered. <clears throat> So you take care of all the other elements, but your basic product has to be really good. And, you know, you got to adhere to your safety standards, your hygiene standards. <clears throat> Sorry. Got to adhere to your safety standards, your hygiene standards, and make sure that you're delivering a good product day after day, week after week. And that's how you're slowly and steadily building your brand. So I think you've really shared some valuable advice uh, with students uh, on this podcast. And I want to thank you once again for making time for this session, Biraja. I've really enjoyed this conversation. And the next time I'm in Bangalore or the next time I'm around a Biggie's Burger outlet, I'm personally looking forward to having a Biggie's Burger and enjoying it. Thanks, Amit. Thanks for uh, conducting this session. It was a pleasure talking to you. I hope uh, my inputs will help your students um, to, to aspire their journey in the future. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's session. Viraja really gave us some fantastic tips on what you need to focus on and how you can successfully grow your food services business. He's certainly doing things right. He's got over 100 members in his corporate team and his expanded team, which includes his operations and his warehousing, has over 800 members. His product is loved by customers. He's focusing on all the right aspects of the business and he is building a very strong brand in the QSR space. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Follow us on our podcast channels. Our handle is Zista Podcast. And as you know, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. So if you like the content we're creating, do follow us. We're going to keep creating content that adds value to you. Till we meet next, we'd say, stay curious.